0: Get your Bibles open, John chapter 12. I hope you're excited, and I know I'm still, I feel still young. I hope I'm still young. I am losing my hair a little bit, but other than that, I feel great. And uh, I love the Bible, and I love coming to church to hear God's Word preached. And so I hope you're excited tonight. I am pumped about the truth we're going to look at tonight. I think it'll help every single one of us. Um, now that they're out of here, I did want to mention, and I let them leave, uh, with that Teen Youth Explosion event coming up, It does cost money, and we need help with funds. And I waited for them to leave last year. Last year, the teenagers that just walked out of this room. Two Wednesday nights in a row, we raised money for Youth Explosion. And those young people raised over $4,000. These teenagers get behind this event. The reason they get behind it is because they know when their friends show up, they're going to have a chance to receive Christ. By the way, many of them have had friends come to an event like that, and trust Jesus Christ as their savior. They believe in it. They've been at a school where they walked up to a complete random teenager on the sidewalk. Said, hey, you should come to this event at our church. Thinking, I've given out a hundred. And then they showed up and that kid was sitting here in our auditorium. Usually like a deer out of the, you know, deer in the headlights. Like, you know, what am I doing here? But they showed up. And then to watch that same kid listen to the preaching. Get up during the invitation. Come forward and say, I need Jesus my savior. And then accept him. It's unbelievable. And so this is something that I'm telling you as an adult, you want to impact the next generation. We are trying here at Grandview Baptist Church. And one of those things we're trying to do is make sure the next generation, if nothing else, knows for sure that when they die, where they will spend all of eternity. And as an adult, I saw that as a youth pastor last year. And I was challenged to do my part as an adult to give more. And so if you're challenged like me, we have these envelopes. You can do it online as well. Give towards this event. You, every night the gospel will be given and those young people will have a spiritual challenge. And for those of you that have been a part of it, you already know that. For those of you who have not, it is truly an amazing thing and worth every dime you could give towards it. And literally, it's missions work right here in our backyard here in Beaver Creek, Oregon. And so I hope you'll consider that. I wanted to wait till they left to bring that up. Okay, back to the Bible. Are you excited? Here we go. John chapter 12. Now, I was a little, I was super excited until I found out right before the service. Thank you, Brother Colby, for always giving me these little bombshells that Pastor Justin preached out of the same chapter Sunday night. Now, I was in discipleship. No idea what, maybe I did, maybe it was subconsciously. I heard him through the doorway out here. I have no idea, but he preached on the same chapter. Now, here's the good thing. I looked at his outline after that because brother colby freaked me out when he said that i don't think we're talking anything about the same stuff isn't that awesome about god's word you can look at the same chapter some of the same verses and pull out different truths and so if you were here sunday night and you just heard john 12 and you went oh really okay relax i think it'll be okay john chapter 12 and verse number nine i want to preach to you a message called welcome back welcome back john chapter 12 verse number nine the bible says much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only. So they know Jesus is there, but they didn't just come to see Jesus. Look who else they came to see. But that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Of course, if you know your Bible, you know John chapter 11, chapter right before this. Truly, one of the greatest miracles contained in the Bible, the resurrection of Lazarus. You had Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, some would argue the three closest friends that Jesus had on earth outside of maybe those 12 disciples, and there was these connections, there was different times where you see conversations in the Bible between Jesus and Mary and Martha specifically, and we found out in chapter 11 that Lazarus had passed away. Jesus gets there and truly performs one of the greatest miracles. Um, In the Bible, there's actually multiple times where people were raised from the dead. This story was unique for a few reasons. First off, the time. The time. Lazarus, according to the Bible, had been dead for four days. That's quite a long time, ladies and gentlemen. Long enough that someone who's put in a tomb with a giant rock in front of it, that's a long time to fake this type of thing, if you understand. It was a long time. That was unnormal for some of the resurrection stories in the Bible. Um, another thing that was unnormal was it was a friend of Jesus. Many times Jesus um, raised people, the few times that he did, they, they were kind of strangers. He didn't really necessarily know all of them that well. Lazarus, he knew well. In fact, remember John eleven thirty five, shortest verse of the Bible, Jesus wept, right? This relationship... He had with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So the time was interesting. The, the friendship and the closeness was interesting. The public, people here, know. They show up to not just see Jesus. We know thousands. Thousands were following Jesus. Crowds were following Jesus. But they didn't just show up for Jesus here. They showed up to see Lazarus because they knew what had happened. So it was a very public miracle. The time was interesting. The friendship was interesting. And truly, it was an amazing miracle. And then you get to chapter 12. Let's look at the next verse. Verse number 10. Bible says, But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Remember the sermon title. Welcome back. Welcome back, Lazarus. Now that you're back, people want to kill you. The high priests, the chief leaders of the Jews, not only hate Jesus, but welcome back to earth. We want to take, they wanted to take him out. Welcome back. And and so you look at the next verse. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Jesus. And I don't know about you. I read that those verses and I think, man, that is not the way I would want to come back to this earth. Correct. That's not the greeting I would have expected. Um, one of the joys that I found as a parent, um, and this is just the last couple years of ha- having my children. I love coming home and my daughter seeing me out the window. Praise the Lord, we've got a big window right there. And sometimes she'll see me pull up, and she'll be looking out the window, and her excitement that Dad's home. Man, that just makes me feel like a million dollars. Check that. Two million dollars, right? It's a great feeling. Some of you parents understand that feeling. My son now, he's getting old enough. His favorite word, I think it's Dad. It's a great word. It's a great word. In fact, when I'm not around, he just goes around screaming it, is what my wife tells me. That makes me feel great, but also bad that I'm not there. But anyway... I love that. And so sometimes I'll open the door and they'll come running. They'll hug both legs. And I'm thinking, this is amazing. A couple months ago, I remember I came home though. And my daughter saw me. And instead of the normal running over, hey, daddy, here's what it was. No, daddy, leave. No, no. What a dagger to my heart. By the way, I think she was joking, but it hurt, man. It was, I know it was a joke, but it hurt. That is not the welcome back, the welcome home I was expecting from her. And by the way, it's like, what do you do as a parent? Do you say, now you have to welcome me back? You know, I feel like I couldn't do it. My wife did it for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good ladies. You don't, you don't treat dad like that. I read the story and I just, I'm shocked. Here's a man who was in the ground four days. Family members were heartbroken just as any family member would be over the loss of a loved one, correct? The tears are flowing down, Mary, Martha, all the relatives, the friends, and this guy comes back from the dead, and instead of being excited for him and the family, instead of being pumped up about this amazing, miraculous event, there are people who aren't thrilled and aren't happy about what happened to Lazarus. What A welcome back. Now, as I read these verses, and I, 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 I could not help but make this connection. For every one of us in here, most of us, last time I checked, have not physically raised from the dead. Correct? Anybody, maybe you're here. Okay, talk to me after service. I'd love to meet you, okay? However, spiritually speaking, every one of us in here has been spiritually dead, but now, after salvation, spiritually alive, correct? We know that's what the Bible says. In fact, let's look at your Bibles tonight. Are you ready? I'm excited. Here we go. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. When you're there, raise your hand. Don't look at the screen. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. I am there. Mm. Okay, I beat most of you. Some of you had the smartphone. I still beat you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 1. The Bible says, In you hath he quickened. That word quicken means to make alive. Make alive. He hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit now worketh in the children of disobedience. Some of you, you could stand up here and testify that was you. Your life was not... ...living for God. It was walking this earth to fulfill your own dreams, your own desires, what you thought was right. You were spiritually dead. Verse number three, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past... ...in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath... Even as others look at verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened, there's that word again, made us alive together with Christ by grace Are ye saved? I could keep reading on in these verses. I think we get the picture. None of us will probably experience this physical resurrection until the rapture event. We're not going to get into that tonight. However, every one of us, if you're a saved individual tonight, have experienced being spiritually dead. And at the moment of your salvation, spiritually alive. And I want us to look at the story of Lazarus tonight. And I want us to make the connection, not not the physical death and resurrection he had, but the spiritual death to life and what happened in the life of Lazarus when he returned back to the land of living. I want you to notice this. Number one, Lazarus spent time with Jesus. After he came back from the dead, he spent time with Jesus. Look at chapter 12, back in John, back in John chapter 12. And look at verse number two. Thank you so much. Colby's doing an awesome job. On the verses where someone is up there. Chapter 12, verse 2. There they made him a supper. And Martha served. I think I'm on the wrong chapter. Maybe I am. Wherever it was, it was good. Oh, no, that's it. I just got to keep reading. But Lazarus was one of them. Man, I just didn't read the second half of the verse. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. When Lazarus was given a new life... What did he do with it? Did he go off and sightsee around the world with his second chance? Did he go around and say, you know what? There's a lot of things I missed. And boy, I'm glad that I'm back from the dead. Because now that I'm back from the dead, all those things I missed, I'm going to go make sure I check those off the bucket list. Did he do that? Not that we're aware of. In fact, the first time we find him post his resurrection, his death to life experience, is he sitting at the table with Jesus. He wanted to spend time with Jesus. One of the most amazing things about your salvation, and boy, there's a lot of amazing things. You could start talking about heaven. You could start talking about the fact that God loves you. You could talk about the fact that God forgives you of your sin, and he wipes that out. But one of the great, amazing things about our salvation is that because of us being saved, we get to have a relationship with our Creator. I think about it like this. How many have an old friend? Anybody got an old friend? And when I say old friend, I don't mean they're actually old. I mean, you have a friend, you've had a friend for a long time, right? Anybody got a childhood friend still? Anybody like that? Wow. Okay. Man, every once in a while, I have buddies that I went to school with. Man, great friends. And of course, I decided to to move. Well, the Lord decided for me. Lord moved me all the way to the other side of the world in my mind. Oregon at the time is what I thought it was called. Oregon. Oregon. So many of the people I grew up I don't get to see them very much. Right? And so I have this old friend but man I, I certainly don't see them very much. Could you imagine if today one of those old friends texted me and said hey 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 I'm moving to Oregon City, Oregon. You will not believe it. <laughs> Woo! Hey when you getting here I'll help you move in. Hey let's go out to lunch because Brother T. loves going out to lunch. Let's go get some coffee. Hey let's go hang out. That. Re, that connection with that friend. Can I tell you, when you trusted Jesus Christ, you were able to make that reconnection with your creator who knows you, who made you, who shaped you, who put you on this earth, who gives you the air to breathe. And when you went from spiritual death to spiritual life, you now are able to spend time with Jesus, just like Lazarus did Question tonight, Christian, with your spiritual life that you've been given, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you sitting at the table where you sit at your table somewhere or something, not at a table even necessarily, but you sit down and you open the precious word of God? Do you as a believer have that time where you know what time that is, where you kneel by your bed, where you take some time and you talk with your Savior? One of the greatest things about our salvation, spiritual death to spiritual life, is that we can spend time with Jesus. I love it. Lazarus, with his new life, decided, I'm going to spend time sitting with Jesus. Okay, everybody still with me? That was one. We're already good. Number two, I noticed this. People wanted to see the change. People wanted to see the change. We read it earlier. Not only did people gather To see Jesus, which we already knew they were doing that. They've been doing that. But it was more than that. They wanted to see the guy who was dead and is now alive. They wanted to see the guy who was in the tomb but is now walking around. They wanted to see the change that took place in this Lazarus guy's life. And they start gathering to see him, to see the change, and to witness what was going on in his life. Would you go in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And can I tell you, Christian, there's no difference between that and us. People look at you as a believer, and they want to see the change that's taking place in your life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse Number nine. I love these verses. They're awesome. Let's look at it. verse number nine on the screen. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. And it goes into this whole list of different sins. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind. Verse number 10. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. These are all pretty bad sins. But look at verse 11. And such... Were some of you. Paul looks at the Corinthian church and says, hey, that was you. That was you. That was you back then. This list, he goes on a long list. You fall into that. You are a sinner. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. For every one of you today, when you trusted Jesus Christ, You spiritually went from death to life. And all those things are true about you. Yeah, we were sinners. However, we are washed. I just love that word washed. The cleansing. I love that verse where it says, hmm, it's almost like we just heard a song about that, right? Washed as white as snow. I remember in college playing flackle, flag football, full pads, full contact outside of the ball carrier. And I loved it, okay? It was... The most unorganized craziness ever. Brother Jeremy could probably attest to all the chaos that we had out there. But I just loved it. I had a great time. I remember one time it was pouring rain. The football field turned into a mud pit. And when I say mud pit, there was no grass. It was brown. And it was mud. Like the grass was gone. I don't know what happened to it. It's just not there anymore. Okay? Probably from all of us running around. And I remember we were out there playing. Had a great time. It was just downpour. And you got these college guys for no reason at all playing football. I, I mean, I questioned my life choices many times when I was out there in the pouring rain. But then I loved it. So it's like, I had know why I'm doing this, but I also don't know. It's just, let's just play. And I'm out there having a great time. And I had a yellow jersey. Our team was yellow. And I had burgundy sweatpants. You say, why did you have burgundy sweatpants? That's all I had back then, guys. Okay. And they someone had ripped the pocket. I had ripped the pocket. And so I thought, these are great flag football pants because... People grab your pants, trying to grab your flag, and they rip them. Okay, so it's like I know they don't match, but who cares? I ain't trying to look cool. Okay, I was very secure in my looks. Okay, I'm out there, and man, I remember that jersey. I was disgusting. I got done with a game, and I mean, I mean, I am just like, it looked like a little kid. It looked like little kids. You know how they play in the puddles? That I, I look like that. Just covered my yellow jersey is brown, and so I remember I went in. What do you do? I'm in a dormitory. Like, what am I going to do with this stuff? I'm covered in head to toe in mud and I'm just like, well, I don't know what to do. So guess what I'm going to do? I walked into the bathroom. I turned the shower on in our, in our dormitory bathrooms. I grabbed a chair because there was a chair sitting in the bathroom. Why there's a chair in that bathroom? I have no idea to this day. There was a chair sitting there. I put in the shower and I just sat fully clothed in the shower because I thought we're going to do two things at once, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get cleaned and we're going to do our laundry all at the same time. Amen. We're saving money in college, right? Amen. And I remember sitting there, and I mean, I'm just, I mean, it is just, that shower was never dirtier after that event, right? Of course, I cleaned up so well afterwards. Thank you. And I mean, I'm wringing that jersey out. Man, can I tell you? It never really got clean. It was still, it was always brownish yellow after that event. But isn't it awesome when Jesus Christ When you trusted Jesus Christ, he paid for not just some of your sins. By the way, that list, there were some, we look at those pretty bad things. Yet he covered and washed every single one of them. It's an amazing truth. When he did that at spiritual death to life, he he washed us. The Bible said sanctify. That word sanctify is an amazing word. Set apart. Set apart. By the way, to set apart, it's twofold. Number one, Jesus Set you apart to be different. And as Christians, we believe we are different. What's different about us? That I'm not flesh and blood? No, I'm still flesh and blood, but I'm saved. I'm a child of God and not a child of this world, right? I am set apart. But it's not just set apart in a corner all by myself. It's set apart to be closer to my God. He set me apart for him, for his purpose, for his calling. So It's amazing, washed Sanctified and that word justified it 's a beautiful Bible word, just as I was given the perfect record of Christ. I always think of have you ever watched one of those spy shows, you know those spy and they get the they get the new passport right it 's clean it 's the secret you know it 's got the made up name, and if someone were to look at it, it looks. Spotless record, right? Even though it's a super spy, they're evil person, right? Super clean. You're given the record that's clean. That we're justified. When God looks down at you as a saved person, He doesn't see the wicked, sinful TJ. He sees the perfection of His Son that I accepted. I have been justified and given that perfect record. And I can I tell you, that's all of us. That's all of us. We're washed. We're sanctified and justified. And I want you to understand when that happens, when the spiritual death goes to spiritual life, people should look at you and see a change. They should see a washed individual who's cleaning up their life, who's cleaning up their life, even though Jesus already forgiven, we got to clean it up as well. They should look at you and see a sanctified and set apart life, where you are not living like the world, you are living like a child of your father, God. You should be that that justified, having that record of Christ, and yet, as I have that record, going through my day, doing my best to try to keep the record clean, even though I know... I already have the record of God's son, Jesus Christ. That change should be so evident. And can I tell you, people are looking at you, Christian. The co-workers are watching you to see the change. The family member, by the way, I have unsaved family members. They are always and always have been. Even when I was a teen boy, they watched me. In fact, they called me the golden child. They would mock me, the golden child, because I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I stayed away from sin. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? There was something different about me back then. By the way, still something different about me now. Why? I've been changed. I was spiritually dead, but now spiritually alive. And people watch to see if that happens. They showed up, not just for Jesus. They showed up to see the change in Lazarus. And can I tell you, as one person said, the best walking billboard for God is every Christian. People watch the way you talk. People watch the way you live. People watch the way you treat people. Why? Because you profess to be a follower of Christ. And they aren't just looking for Jesus. They're looking at you as you're living for Jesus. It's a crazy thing. They wanted to see this change that happened in Lazarus. I got to hasten on. Number three, I know, by the way, I have more stuff. I got more stuff. We'll, We'll go past it. I want you to notice this. Number three, not everyone was thrilled. Not everyone was thrilled at the change. As Lazarus gets this new life and starts spending time with Jesus, some people wanted to see the change. However, there were others who were not thrilled at the change that happened. The leaders not only were enraged at Jesus, but they were enraged at Lazarus, so much so that they are murderous and completely innocent. What has he done? Was it his choice to come out of the grave, by the way? Last time I checked, Lazarus didn't, from the dead, say, Jesus, bring me back. Did he say No. This was not his choice even. However, these people looked at him and said, we need to take care of that guy. And I read that, and I thought, why? Why? I, I mean, I guess we, we understand they're, they're upset with Jesus. They don't think he's the Messiah. I, we don't agree with it. But I look at, why? Why, last, why are you so upset with him? This miracle wasn't faked. It was real. There was a real change that happened, and no one can deny it. Can I tell you, sometimes people in your life will see a real change in you, but they'll still reject it. They will look at you and say, there is a change in your life 100%, the way you talk, your attitude, your spirit. There's something going on in your life, and you'll say, hey, it's Jesus, man. It's Jesus. And yet they still won't believe in the reality of it. This miracle, by the way, brought happiness and joy, not sadness. Everyone was happy that Lazarus was back, except for these people, they were upset. Not everyone was happy and joyful about something that brought true happiness and joy. And can I tell you, sometimes there's people in life that as you go through the Christian life, God blesses you. Why does God bless your Christian life? Because you're his child. And guess what God does? Blesses you for that. And sometimes the blessings come and people on the outside looking in get upset about that. (laughs) What? Oh, it's just good luck. Uh, No, it's more than that, brother. It's more than that, sister. It's supernatural God hand on our life, on our family, on my business, on our job. Are you getting the picture? Some people, though, weren't weren't happy. They weren't thrilled. This miracle, it wasn't even examined for the truth. Think about that. The religious leaders could have looked at this and said, okay, let's go neutral for just a second. Let's go neutral for just one second and examine the evidence. Did he die? Yes or no? And there would have been so many eyewitnesses say he was 100% stone cold dead. They could have stopped for one second and said, okay, was he in the tomb? Was he dead in the tomb? How long was he there? Four days, that's a long time. is a long time. They could have examined the evidence, but not once do we find in the Bible That they ever even considered that the miracle that was right in front of their face actually even happened. People immediately dismissed it as fake. And false. And can I tell you, Christian, sometimes in life, God is working in the, in your life because you are not spiritually dead. Amen. You are spiritually alive. And God in heaven is working and it's so blatant and it's so obvious that anyone who is neutral will look at you and say, hey, God is doing something. Yet others will look at it and immediately dismiss it and will never acknowledge your faith, will never acknowledge your God and will not even examine it for truth. Can I tell you, the joy of the Christian life doesn't come, by the way, from others patting you on the back and saying, well done. And if you go through your Christian life living for Jesus and hoping that someone's going to come by and say, "Hey, hey, TJ, you're doing good, brother. Way to live for Jesus. If you go through life waiting for that, can I tell you, it may happen. Hey, isn't that why the Bible talks about edification for the believer? encouragement because as christians that's what we should be doing in church and when someone walks in we ought to give them that encouragement praise the lord however as a believer i also know this i don't look for that in fact can i tell you i don't need that i don't because at the end of the day i'm not looking for a well done from someone on this earth i'm looking for a well done from my father and i want to please him i want to please him Lazarus here, you would think, everybody would just be so happy that he went from, from death to life. And can I tell you, that is not what happened. Let's keep going. I got I to gotta hasten. Last number four. Through Lazarus's change, other lives were changed. Look at chapter 12, verse number 11. Because that, by reason of him, him, Lazarus, him, Lazarus. Many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus as the people gathered, not just to see Jesus, right? Not just to see Jesus, who they gathered to see, the man who was dead and is now alive. When they gathered and they saw Lazarus, the Bible clearly says many, many saw him, many were there. And when they left, they left with believing in jesus christ his change helped create change in others lives there's two things i think that happened number one verbal now we don't know in the bible it doesn't say that lazarus ever said anything does it we can't say that however i don't see how it couldn't have happened how could it have not been where people came up to him and said hey lazarus we heard you were dead (laughs) what happened I I don't, we don't know that for sure, but I I just can't see how that didn't happen at least once, if not over and over. I think that Lazarus was telling that story every five seconds. Lazarus, what happened? Lazarus, what happened? He's going, good night. I I just got to stop. You know, it's like, I got to stay away from people. They just keep asking me. I think Lazarus verbally communicated with people what happened in his life. Question, Christian, when was the last time you verbally communicated with someone what change Jesus did in your life. Amen. When was the last time you told someone about the day you got saved? September 9, September 13th, 1997. I remember like it was yesterday. Have you told your salvation testimony? to some, Your spiritual death to life? Have you communicated with that with someone? I think Lazarus over and over and over again shared what Jesus had done. In his life, but not just verbally, I think visually, even if you never talked to Lazarus, if you never talked to Lazarus, you would have no doubt looked at Lazarus, heard the rumors about that guy and been able to visually look at him and said, that is the guy. That's the guy who was dead, but now is alive. It was visually seen. And as a Christian, these are two of the most valuable witnessing tools We have. The most valuable witnessing tools you have is not just the Romans road. Also, those verses are amazing. It's not just that. It's verbally walking up to someone and telling them about the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life. The day you chose Jesus Christ as your savior. The day you went from spiritual death to spiritual life. Verbally sharing that. And then visually to someone to look at you and know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is a changed man. That is a changed woman. That is a changed husband. That is a changed mother. That is a changed teenager. That visual show of the re- what is inside of our heart. It was verbal. It was visual. Go to Matthew chapter 5. When they're there, say amen. Matthew chapter 5. Ooh, who's going to beat me? Don't you cheat on your phones. I'm not there either. I'm there, amen. Wow, nobody beat me. I was going slow. Okay, I got my my slower Bible today, Brother Chris. This is my slow Bible. I got a faster one. Matthew chapter five, you know these verses. I think it's amazing to show you what we just saw with Lazarus. Look at Matthew chapter five, verse 14. The Bible says this, ye are the light of the world. Did you notice you're the light regardless if you want to be. You are the light of the world. There's no want to. By the way, just as Lazarus maybe didn't want it, we don't know. He, he didn't have a choice. And can I tell you, if you're a saved believer, whether you want to be a light, you say, well, I don't, I don't want people to look at, I don't want that. response." doesn't matter. You are the light of the world. Then it goes, look at the, a city that is set on a hill Cannot be hid. If you're in a dark place and you see a lit city on a hill, you cannot miss it. You could see it from space. Literally. You can't hide that. Verse 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. You, 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 you are a light regardless if you want to be. The change is obvious. It was in Lazarus dead to alive A city that is lit. You cannot miss it. It's so obvious. Look at the next verse. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. This light illuminates those around. I think it's interesting. The Bible says house. 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 Your family. One of the greatest things. Your family. You are a light to your family. Whether your family is saved. Boy, if you have a saved family. Praise God. It should be a bright House, if you get what I'm saying, even if not, you are the light in that home. And can we go deeper? You're a light at your job. You're a light in your friend group. You're a light in the, in the different places you meet, the different places you go, the different places you frequent. You are a light regardless if you want to be. You, the change is so obvious that you can't even hide it. This light illuminates those around and this light Helps change the lives of others. Look at verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works. And glorify your father. That someone would look at you. And your light shines so bright. That they look at your life. And glorify your father. They see the change is so evident. That the change is so evident in you. That they can't help. But change themselves and glorify who? Your father. It changes. And that is exactly what we're seeing take place in the life of Lazarus now. One final twist. Everybody, can we handle one more curveball? Okay. One more twist. Okay. Don't strike out here, guys. Curveball. That was a baseball. How many baseball players? Three and a half. Perfect. Go back to chapter 12. This is awesome. John chapter 12. Main chapter we've been in. I just was shocked when I read this. Okay, 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 watch this, watch this. Beginning of the chapter, we know what it's about, right? It's about Lazarus. We just read that. And we looked at the change. And we looked at how he went from spiritual death to spiritual life. And him doing that, people wanted to see that. He wanted to spend time with Jesus. And it, cha- it helped change others by watching and, and seeing him, correct? Everybody, everybody remember that. We, we're still good. This is interesting. Same chapter. Completely different story. But same chapter. Isn't that interesting how God puts this together? I just could, I just thought it was awesome. Same chapter. Completely different story. Let's look at some people who did the exact opposite of what Lazarus did. Are you ready? Romans, or John chapter 12. Look at verse number 37. The Bible says, But though he had done so many miracles before them, Yet, they believe not on him. Don't forget, just because miracles are happening, does that mean people are going to accept? No. They didn't believe Lazarus, did they? So, we we see that. Then, keep reading. Let's go down. Let's skip a few verses. He talks about that. Let's go down to verse number 41. The Bible says, These things said Esaias when he saw his glory and spake of him. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. Well, hey, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? There are some people that after hearing Jesus, listening to Jesus, they believed on Jesus. Everybody good on that? That was that spiritual death to spiritual life. And we look at that and guess what we think? Praise the Lord, right? Awesome. But watch, verse 42. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. They took the change that was happening here and they never showed it to anyone. They took the light and they put that under the bushel. They didn't want anyone to know what had happened right here, which is the exact opposite of Lazarus, isn't it? Exact opposite. Death to life. Here they are believing spiritual death to spiritual life. And they hid the change. They hid the light. They hid what was happening inside of them. Look at the next verse. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They took the change that was happening here. And they never shared. They never visually. They never verbally. They never communicated the change That happened in their lives. They went through their life. Not telling. Hiding. They lived to please men. They didn't live to please God. They didn't let their change. Their belief. Their light. Impact anyone else. Can I tell you tonight Christian. Let Lazarus be an example to all of us. Of a guy who had a massive change in his life, that death to life. And for us as believers, when we trusted Christ, boy, there was a spiritual change that happened. Now that you're saved, can I challenge you? Will you spend time sitting with Jesus? Just as Lazarus did, I know there are so many things on this earth you could go see, you could go do, you could enjoy, but I'm telling you right now, the greatest joy of your life will be a relationship with your almighty creator. You've got to spend time with him. Realize this, people are watching. People are watching, whether you want it or not. People know that you're a Christian. They know that you go to church and they're watching your life. Why, why watching you? Because you are an ambassador, a representation of Jesus Christ. Don't be shocked tonight, Christian. If not, everyone is for all the spiritual changes that are going on in your life. And even though miracles might be happening left and right, does not mean Does not mean that they're going to believe in you or believe in your God. And can I challenge you? Don't hide the change because it just might be that there's someone in your life who sees the change in you and will find Jesus for themselves and the change can happen in their heart and in their life moving forward. And don't be like the guys at the end of chapter 12. Let's have a word of prayer and we are going to be out of here. Heads, but eyes closed. We are right on time. I couldn't time it better if I tried. With heads bowed eyes closed, very quickly, we won't have an invitation tonight. But I do want to ask you a question. Is God speaking to your heart tonight? I, I, once again, we hit multiple things. And I know this, God's word is so powerful that as I preached it, that Holy Spirit might be convicting your heart of something I never even talked about. With heads bowed eyes closed, how many would say this? Brother TJ, tonight, God Has laid something in my heart, in my mind, that I know he's clearly challenging me. He's clearly convicting me of. There's something spiritual through his word that God is clearly speaking to my heart about. And Brother TJ, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to answer that call, whatever it might be. And I don't know what it might be for you. How many say, Brother TJ, God is speaking to my heart tonight? Brother TJ, would you pray for me now? Would you raise your hand? Is there anyone like that? Oh, I see those hands. God is clearly speaking to me about something. Is there anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. As I pray out loud, would you take a minute as I pray out loud, and especially for you raised your hands? Would you talk to the Lord as I pray out loud? Can we do that together? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God in heaven, I believe we have some of the most amazing Christians on planet Earth right here in this room, faithfully serving you, faithfully living for you at their job, in their family in their personal life. God, they're here on a Wednesday night. I just ask that tonight, as we're in church, we're under your preaching of your word, under your word, God, I just ask that tonight, you would help us. Lord, many have raised their hands, that there's something you're speaking at heart about. Lord, for some, it's a challenge. For some, it's maybe a conviction of something they're not doing. I don't know. But God, you saw the hands. And I pray for each and every one tonight, that raise their hands, or for those that maybe didn't do it and didn't raise their hands, but you're still speaking to them. God, and I would just pray that with whatever their decision is leaving the room tonight, with whatever the challenge that you might put on their heart, that God, as we leave this room tonight and head out to our homes and go to work tomorrow and are with our families, that God, each of us, Lord, would just work on those things that you've put on our hearts. And God, we pray and ask that you would help us with that Lord, you never challenge us, you never convict us of something that, God, we cannot fix, we cannot do, and we know that you have given your Holy Spirit to help us. Lord, as we leave the room tonight, I just ask that you would help each of us tonight to leave changed, to leave better, to leave different. God, we love you. Thank you for our salvation, spiritual death to life. Thank you, God, for your son. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth on that cross and paying for our sins. Lord, as we leave, help us to leave living for you, living a changed life for you, being a good witness and a light for you. And God, as we come back to church on Sunday, would you just help us and protect us and keep us safe as we go. God, we love you. Thank you for all you do. In your precious name, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. We are gonna end the service right now. On your way out, just a couple reminders. Don't forget, if you need one of those prayer lists, we have a couple different prayer lists out there. There's also some Thailand information if you're interested. A lot of stuff out on that welcome desk before you head out. Please check in on that. Have a blessed week. We'll see you back on Sunday. You're dismissed.